Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got an important good show planned for you. But before we get into that, just want to take a moment to check in. Do this as often as possible. Um, I like to do it on the show. It's kind of like in therapy. We literally practice in session. So here's what I want everyone to be doing. I'd love for everybody to do this at least once a day, check in and say, how's my mental health? Is there anything I need? And sometimes it's just about acknowledgement and making room for whatever you're feeling. Other times you'll realize maybe there is a need that can get met. Checking in on our energy levels. Are we living in burnout? Otherwise we are backing off doing 70% max. And as always, every single day, ideally we build in some form of rest that does not include sleep. A form of rest, something that is rooted in nothing more than pleasure. And of course, some time doing something that's rooted in leisure. Leisure, rest, and pleasure. That's what our life is trying to be built more around. It's what anchors us. It's, it's what grounds us. So this is your reminder. This is the uh, permission. If you need permission, I'm giving you permission to prioritize that. Um, now, to talk about tonight's topic, and this isn't a uh, pull the fire alarm if these things are happening. It's more identify and uh, commit to making some level of change. We're going to talk about some of the things that are signs that your relationship is in trouble, doom, relational doom. And of course, as always, this, this can apply very much so outside of uh, romantic relationships. Because when I talk about relationships, I talk about relationality in general. We all most likely move through the world, you know, in different forms of relationality to others around us. Um, so, you know, all relationships have difficulties. We are not going for perfect. Perfect doesn't exist, which does mean in all relationships, we have to let some things just go. We can't try to fix everything. I have some couples where I'm like, yo, it looks like, again, you're going for perfect. We have to just let some things go. The magic formula as always is there's about a third of things we can completely eliminate a third of things we can improve and a third of things that is just how that's going to be. And it's not going to change in ourselves and others and in the relationships that we form with people, because every time you form a relationship with someone of any kind, it's co-created. And that's why our relationships with everyone in our lives is different because it's about what the two of us bring together or more and what we synergistically create. So again, we're not trying to create perfect, but we are trying to form relationships with people where whatever might fall under that third of what can't be changed, or even that third of what's only improvable, is that acceptable? Are those reasonable, healthy things that you will have to kind of accept to make room for in your life or in your relationship with that person? And um, I can't answer that for you. You know, again, I talk to people a lot about the difference between deal breakers and red flags. Red flags are things that we want to keep an eye on. We don't want to bury our head in the sand. We're like, all right, I noticed that. I see that. I'll track it to see whether or not they're a deal breaker. And those are two different things. Deal breakers are things where it's like done. 
Physical abuse is a deal breaker, done. You don't put that under one third of things that are just gonna be there from with this person. Probably not even things that'll improve. If there's physical abuse, the relationship just stopped um, until some form of like therapy work and healing is done. And it's not enough to get an apology. We need more accountability and structure working on you know physical abuse. Psychological and emotional abuse are the same thing. If someone starts name calling, um, attacking, putting down, all the things that fall under that, um, that's that's just as toxic and abusive and the relationship stops the minute that happens. And that's surprising because some relationships have really normalized and allowed name calling. No, that's abuse. It's a form of violence. It's verbal violence. It's very toxic. So we step out based on that. And then also as always undealt with drug and alcohol or mental health issues. Uh, yes, we are responsible for seeking the help we need if those are what's occurring in our lives. We are still very dateable if we're willing to work on it. Because again, as I've said in many other shows, what we're looking for in someone is workability, meaning are they willing to work on themselves based on whatever comes up? Um, and being in relationships will bring our stuff up. There will always be work to do. And again, what you're looking for is someone who's willing to do the work, not someone who you know, shames you for being upset or asking for something to be different or gets defensive and never, ever, ever takes accountability for what they're contributing to your life, to the relationship. Um, or even worse than that, just kind of stonewalls you and says, I don't want to hear about it. Um, those are the opposite of workability. So again, before we get into the topic around what are the things that are signs that like we're, we're probably doomed, not as in things can't happen or change, but we need to work on them immediately. But this is my little, you know, generalized relational pep talk that there always will be stuff to deal with. All relationships, parenthood, romantic ones, marriage, if we choose to see them from a beautiful lens of transformation, then they are always a mirror that's being held up showing us what our work is. Parenting, so powerfully so. Whatever you're struggling with your child, um, that also shows you where your limits are and where you need to build more resilience or flexibility or what muscles you need to strengthen. And um, social, romant uh, social romantic and familial relationships are very much that way as well. So, you know, before we point the finger, as I always say, and we have to look at ourselves first, that's what those can do for us. They are relationships, people growing machines. Mm -hmm more so than singledom. Singledom, you can work on yourself, of course, with friendships and all those other things, but when you get into a really primary, attached, secure relationship, woof, becomes um, a crucible within which all of our stuff is generated. And again, like alchemy, if we channel it in service of something positive, good things happen. So anyway, alchemy, I haven't talked about that ever. I think it's a really beautiful concept. And when we apply it to relationships and mental health, I think it's a cool metaphor. Um, okay, so we're gonna come back. We'll talk more about signs that you got some stuff to do. <laughs> Gotta work on it. And then we'll be doing some DMs. As always, you know that drill. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions and topics, things you want us to answer. And uh, we'll be back listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we are back and we're talking about some of the things that are signs there's some trouble in your relationship again you know work on it address it identify it that's part of this is just saying oh that's us let's do something versus letting things drift. So maybe this is clarifying, maybe this is alerting you to a sign, or maybe this is hopefully motivating. Um, not everything can always be resolved. Some things only improve. Some things, eh, we've got to go into acceptance around it. Um, but, you know, you do what you can do, <laughs> depending on how important the relationship is to you, I guess. And remember, I did a whole show. You can go back if you want to listen to it um, on Invisible Divorce. You can go to wearechannelq.com. You'll check out past episodes there. And talk about the idea that, you know, you, some people are single, but uh, some single people aren't as single as some of those married couples because that marital contract or just cohabitating doesn't mean a relationship is being had. Remember, relationships are verbs. They're actions. We are relationshiping or we're not. And it doesn't merely exist because that person's in the same room with me or we have a contract and rings or we live together. It's, it's, our, it's, it's kind of like the concept of family. That is not by blood or genetics. Family are the people that you feel safe and that care for you. And chosen family has more meaning and value than just biological family. Some people's biological family members are toxic and distant or violent or not around. Um, so we, we choose family. And if people that we have a genetic blood relationship to are people we choose to also call family even better, that's great. Or not necessarily even better, but meaning it's something that's earned. It's an action. Just, you know, if you don't participate in someone's life, it's hard for them to call you family. Relationships the same way. Um, you have to engage it. You have to care for it. You have to respect it. It's like a plan. I love plan examples. You don't get a plan, plop it down. I once thought that. You have to check the amount of light. Does it need afternoon light, morning light? Is it getting enough light? Do I have to protect it? Do I have to move it over here? Do I have to move it over there? How much water does it need? Do I water a week? Do I water it every 10 days? You have to clip the things that are dying. Sometimes you have to change the dirt. Yes, it requires care. So again, we're relationshiping or we're not, and that's part of this. Um, 
so, you know, really be aware of that because again, the invisible divorce concept helps us understand that there's a lot of people that don't realize y'all don't have a relationship anymore. And sometimes being in something bad and toxic or distant or lonely is far more negative for our mental health than to not be with anything at all. Um, that adds an extra darkness and extra weight, some more heaviness point being, please don't just think that it's fine <laughs> because it, it often isn't. That can be very depressing to be occupying space with someone, again, with that much loneliness and distance. Um, please don't think that that's as neutral as some might think. Okay, so what are some of the things that uh, help us understand, like, we got some work to do, things that might not be doing so well. Is, uh, let's start with, I love this. This is, again, coming from different sources of research. Um, uncompromising stances. Uh, yeah, people dig their heels in. People aren't willing to bend. People aren't willing to negotiate. Sometimes people take a stance that actually isn't that meaningful to them. They do it just to be difficult or to be a problem. Um, more importantly, though, you you don't want to stonewall, which is be someone who's impenetrable, will not talk, will not discuss, will not budge. And you also don't want to be someone who turns every um, debate or disagreement into a fight or high conflict. Uh, part of you know the things that I help clients look at early on and even during a relationship of any kind with anyone to try to see like how's this going is that how do you deal with conflict? In fact, I don't think people are truly in a relationship that they can trust or feel secure in until conflict has happened because until it's happened, we don't know how we manage it and what we do to each other and within the relationship in times of conflict shows how healthy we are as a partner and how healthy this relationship will be because conflict will happen. I'm one of those people where I don't care how soon it happens. I don't agree when someone's like, oh my God, we're fighting too much too early on. Nope, that doesn't matter. It just means there's a lot at the surface, more so than maybe for other people. Okay, what matters to me is how are you managing the conflict? What do you both like as a couple during conflict? That I care about. I don't care if this happens within the first hour or five years down. Five years down actually scares me. Within within six months or more, I want to make sure couples are having some conflict. Otherwise, I'm afraid that they're idealizing, romanticizing. One of them is selling themselves out. Oh my God, allow conflict, but just deal with it appropriately. Stay soft and kind. Yeah, conflict doesn't mean we've raised our voices and we're fighting. You can stay soft and kind during conflict. Hey, I really didn't like the way that that was said. Can we talk for a minute? That really hurt my feelings. That's moving into conflict. Call it debate, call it disagreement, whatever word feels better for you. I, just, I use the word conflict. That's healthy, we're defining ourselves. Conflict is a sign that like there are two separate people here and we've recognized that. Conflict is a sign we trust each other. There's enough commitment and, we, and enough trust where I will let you down and disappoint or frustrate you. I trust your response will be appropriate. I trust you won't go anywhere. It's a beautiful thing. That's when we're really letting people know who we are. Early on, people sell a dream. They just try to be liked. You can't, you don't know that person then when they're doing that. And you can't really trust that relationship because you don't even know what it is. Right now, they're selling a dream. They're, they're giving you a, a, an enhanced representation of who they really are. You know, in the beginning, we'll go wherever, do whatever, watch whatever, eat whatever. But when we finally say like, yeah, it turns out I actually don't like sushi. It's like, oh, conflict. Okay, so how are you going to manage that? Because it used to be every Wednesday night was sushi night, not anymore. So again, you're not really in it and can't really trust and feel committed to until conflict happens. And you know that like, you know, we can be ourselves. But bigger than that, again, is how do you manage it? What do you do? Do they hit, throw, name call? Okay, so they're an abuser. They go to violence. Get out immediately. Do they stay soft and talk it through? Marry them. <laughs> Marry them. That's amazing. You know, and they're just like, okay, that wasn't how I wanted that to go. I'm bummed out or disappointed by what you did. Like, can we talk about it? And it's about tracking that. You know, healthy people will be like, yeah, let's talk. Healthy people won't shut you down, make you feel bad, tell you you're wrong, pick a fight, name call. 
whoa, that is a sign that there's a lot going on. That's a sign that that person or that relationship is in trouble. Um, some of that's abusive, get out. Other forms of that, you have some work to do. And if not, this relationship isn't going to succeed. It might continue, but it's not going to succeed. And there's a huge difference. Just its mere presence is not impressive to me. When people are like, oh, we've been married 30 years, 40 years. I'm like, that means nothing to me. I want to understand the quality of that marriage and the quality of the, your mental health and how you treat each other. Because if you then say, and we also do it from love, then I'm blown away. Because most of them, that's not what's happening. And so not impressive to me, the numbers. I want to know what the experience of it is. All right, we're going to talk more about this when we come back. So stick around. Things you got to worry about so as to make sure your relationship is not doomed. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all. So don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we're back. Talk about a whole lot of stuff, but, you know, the core of all this, the anchor, is uh, signs that your relationship is doomed. <laughs> and... You know, it's kind of a heads up so that you can make the necessary changes and your relationship then doesn't have to be doomed. A lot of people move through relationships with their head down, their head in the sand. And I've just kind of talked about how um, uncompromising stances is not good. And more so, though, the behaviors that are a part of that and what we're trying to do, what we're not trying to do. Conflict's awesome. Um, it's part of life. It's part of letting someone know who you are. It's part of defining yourself. It's part of trusting that that person will hear you and deal with it appropriately and they're not going to go anywhere. There's so much beauty that's tied into that. That's how we learn about people. Um, and that's how also changes and transformation occur. And also that's when a mirror is held up and it's like, here's your work. How are you going to deal with me saying what I'm about to say? You know, because as I remind everyone, your behavior is what you're responsible for. I don't care what the person just said or did. I'm holding you accountable to what, you know, your, your level of health around that. Um, anyway, all this to say that compromise is important at times. Um, conflict is how we figure out if our partner or we as a couple are able to do that. And that's when health is really determined. That's what I look to hear about to see how it's going to be down the road. Um, that's why, again, if months and months are going by and no conflict is happening, I'm wondering like who's who's keeping quiet, who's selling themselves out, who's just trying to be liked, who's a toxic people pleaser? Why has there not been something that frustrated or disappointed someone or surprised them? Why have you not, you know, gotten into a little disagreement about something? Why is there no bickering? Like that's not good. It's okay for that to happen. It's just we want to do it well. We want to do it soft and loving. It doesn't have to be harsh and attacking. It's not you against them. You're on the same team. It should be done collaboratively. It should be done from the perspective of we and us, not me versus you. So if one of you is doing that, stop and say, hey, come here. We're, it seems like we're not on the same side. I, I, I know <laughs> that you're telling me that I frustrated you, but I still care about you and I want to hear you and I'm on your side. Be willing to be an agent of soothing. Be the brake, not the gas pedal. Be the amygdala whisperer, as they say. Help soothe their nervous system. Because even though someone's coming to you to tell you that you did something that they're upset or frustrated about, you don't have to get angry, mean, or defensive. You can say, yeah, and we're still on the same team and I love you. Continue to tell me what you need to tell me. I'm always here to hear from you how I might have impacted you. That's the vision. That's the plan. I want everyone to feel as though dear God in heaven, their partner would warmly welcome them sharing what changes they would love to have happen so they can have a better relationship and feel more cared for. Be that partner. Promise to always do that and, and put it in practice. That's how trust is built. That's how someone knows you're really committed. You're doing the work. It's what I call workability. Be workable. 
And that means being soft, being approachable, being relational. Because again, in a relationship, it goes from, a, from an I and a me perspective to an us and a we. We fuse. It's a regressive merger, just like in childhood with a parent. Yeah, that's right. That's secure attachment, interpersonal neurobiology. Our nervous systems wire. Our brains wire. We affect each other's blood pressure and heart rate and breathing and their mood and hormones that are released. Yes, a billion percent. We do make people feel things. Social contagion theory, theory, limbic resonance. There's all sorts of theories in every field, psychology, biology, and sociology that speak to the fact that mere neurons, it's, it's endless that we do infect each other with feelings. Animals do it. One animal gets spooked, they all get spooked, yet they didn't even see what happened and the animal didn't even speak anything. We pick up on that. Two-person two neurobiology. There's a lot of research that's starting to show just being in the same room with someone can have you be impacted by what they're thinking or feeling. People use the woo-woo wording, it's energy, it's energy. That's not the exact right word at all. It's our unconscious, it's our implicit memory, it's our attachment style limbic system, scanning the environment, picking up on posture and tone of voice and word choice and movement. Uh, and unfortunately, some people harness that towards bad. They are a bad influence on everyone in their life. A mom who has rage or anger issues is impacting the brains and nervous system of, of everyone else in the household. So it does matter if parents are fighting in front of the kids. That's why kids do better with one parent versus two parents are always fighting. Their brains and nervous systems are given a break. They can rest, they're soothed. They're not always on high alert. So that's why this stuff matters. So be more open, be more flexible. Don't be so hard-lined. Um, another sign that relationship might be doomed is unrealistic expectations. We talk about that a lot. People have different experiences. They don't know what you need. They don't do things the way you do. We can't get mad at someone as though there's rules. There are no rules. It's not about rules. So if someone doesn't make a big deal about your birthday, that's not wrong. It's just you would have preferred it to have been different. It's about different preferences and values. Does your partner know it's important to you? Because if they do and they just don't care, well then yes, you're in a toxic relationship. But if they don't know how important it is to you because they were raised in a family where they didn't celebrate birthdays and they weren't a big deal, well then of course they're not gonna make a big deal about it. We have to tell people what we need. Tell people what you need, it's okay. And then when you get it, say thank you. We don't have to reject something because we had to let someone know who we are, what we need and what we want. I want people to do that, less mind reading. And so we can't have unrealistic expectations that they're gonna know who you are, what you need, do things the way you do them. We have to be willing to let it be done the way they like some things. We have to tell them what it is we need. We have to make compromise, but some people enter with this idea of rules in a right way. No, everyone has, it's called cultural relativism. Everyone has their own different version of right based on who they are, their culture, their race, background experiences, family stuff. So we can't always assume that they agree and do it the way we do it. We have to kind of let go of that a little bit, which kind of goes back to our earlier point about, you know, compromising with your stances. All right, we're going to come back, do some DMs, and we'll keep talking about signs that things are doomed. More importantly, a heads up so we can fix it. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel and Odyssey. All right, we're back. Now it's time to uh, slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Bam, here we go. DMs come from our Loveline IG page in the DMs, hence the name. Hey, Dr. Chris, I listened to your segment on the news and mental health, and I wanted to ask you a follow-up question. See, I love this. I love thoughtfulness. <laughs> critical reflection. Uh, do you think that in just turning off the news and ignoring it, that it helps or hurts? I struggle between the idea that I want to know everything that's going on and then wanting to know nothing 
about what's going on. I also can't imagine being uninformed about events in politics, but the stress and depression some days is just so high. Woo, took the words out of my mouth. Uh, you and I live in the same dilemma. But just to clarify, I never said turn off the news and ignore it, meaning um, let's, you know, I never said it in such a globalized way. I, I think I was most likely referencing that we need to take some time away from it and that there are times when we maybe should uh, lean out, you know, not ignore, not deny, but uh, distract, you know, focus on some other things. Because remember, we can't live in a constant state of fight or flight. And that is what happens to our brains and our nervous system uh, when we are constantly focusing on listening to, uh, reading about, watching, or participating in the news and politics and activism and um, things that are centered around that. Because a lot of times the politics are about people questioning the worth of different individuals and very violent acts and uh, and what I mean by violent acts is, you know, saying that it's not okay to recognize or acknowledge gayness in school. It's a violent act to take away someone's body autonomy and right to an abortion. I'm not pro-choice, I'm pro-abortion. That's right, because that's something that is necessary for a lot of people, and I want that option to be available and not stigmatized. And that is keeping our brains and our nervous systems in a constant state of stress, and that's really bad for us. So, yes, we do need to track how much time we're spending apart, you know, participating in that. Side note, I want, I actually want everyone to acknowledge that in terms of everything, you know, uh, I want everyone to always be assessing the impact, uh, that their social group is having on them, the conversations that their friends have, you know, what are the kinds of things that you're talking about when you're around friends and family and how does that make you feel? Is it something that's violent, exclusionary towards you, towards people you care about, the things you follow on social media? I mean, I've shared this on the show before. I'm so thoughtful about what I listen to, what I read, what I watch, because I want to participate in an alternative world. I want to live in the. I want to live in the kind of world I want to be a part of, and I want to uh, uh, move through the world in the way that I think is necessary. And we know from all the queer BIPOC, uh, you know, people that have really influenced me and have helped open my eyes to what you know the work is that we need to plant the seeds of the future we want to have. And we need to be a part of the change that we want to see. And that's really important. And I'm very thoughtful about, like I said, the things that I saturate my psyche in because I want to be surrounded by the kinds of thoughts and thinkings and ethics that I want to embody and I want reinforced. And, um, and to circle back, so do pay attention to the influences that are around you. And the news is a really powerful one. I watch the news every morning and every afternoon because like yourself, I really want to be aware of what's happening. I want to be educated. And I also want to then be able to translate that into action. And I also want to educate others based on what I'm aware of. Uh, but I do need to take time away, as do you. And we're not ignoring it. We're just honoring that, yes, that's there. Because remember, it's like emotions. We don't want to ever deny or illegitimize emotions. But we also don't ever want to amplify and dramatize them. We want to kind of sit in the middle and be like, yeah, there they are. And I'm going to feel them fully. But um, we don't always need to act them out. And sometimes we need time away. And I've said to clients and friends, hey, we've been ruminating on your breakup, Let's, for instance. Let's now just kind of focus on something fun. Or we've, that was a really hard day. Let's watch a movie and zone out. Uh, it's okay to take time apart and away from. In fact, that's how we have sustainability. There's such a thing as compassion fatigue and vicarious re-traumatization, or I'm sorry, vicarious traumatization. And compassion fatigue means the exhaustion that arises 
uh, by always sitting in this stuff and offering yourself to others. And that comes up with a lot of activists and helpers, people in the helping field. And then vicarious traumatization means you are traumatized by sitting with and listening to and watching other people's trauma. That That's not going to help us if all of us are constantly living in those detrimental states. So we want to acknowledge it and be a part of it and take action always. But we also need to do some self-care, which is often time you know away from. And so it's about just checking in with yourself. Am I feeling a little too stressed and overwhelmed? Maybe take the day off from the news. Or watch it and then watch the clock and do an equal amount of things that are joyful and feel good. You know, but that's an awesome question. We'll keep talking about it. All right, y'all stick around. We got a whole lot more to come because you are listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. So don't go anywhere. All right, y'all, we're back talking about things that are signs your relationship needs help. It might be in trouble. Um, Again, as I said, we're allowing some things to just be. We're not trying to do perfect. Not everything can be fixed. Um, we do have to have some allowability in that way. We're also looking for partners that are workable, which means they're open to change. And I was saying, what if we had relationships where we knew that our partner was open to us approaching them at any time to talk about whatever changes might be necessary for us to both feel better, feel safer, more trust, more love, more care. And even if we're going to them to tell them that we're upset or disappointed with their behavior in some way, that they're going to say, I'm open, tell me, I want to hear that. And there's a softness and and, an allowability in that. That's what we're going for. So we have to drop that harshness when someone wants to come talk to us. We're not trying to dig our heels in and stonewall. Um, We were talking a little bit about expectations, like where are they coming from? A lot of them are truly preferences, but we frame it as though there's a right and a wrong and we're not willing to tell people what we need and we want them to mind read. Um, None of that's good. And then we spend a lot of time talking about conflict and that healthy relationships have it. They just deal with it really well. Um, We don't bury things. We don't get into resentment. When we bury things without talking about it, we get resentful. We can also start to drift. We can get aloof. That anchor builds. Um, it's not good. And it's also just something mean about not letting someone know a struggle you're having with them. I think it's very unkind to not tell a friend or a family member that they've upset you somehow, but instead just decide for them that the relationship is going to be wounded or over and you're telling everybody else, but you never tell them and you don't let them be a part of fixing it or changing it or solution. That's not kind. Part of the deal we make when we form a relationship with anyone is that like, I will take care of this relationship and I'll take care of you. I'll let you know if something's wrong. And if someone comes to you because something's wrong, the only answer that's appropriate is thank you for telling me. Thank you for caring enough about me and the relationship to let me know what I did or what I can do. More of that. And I appreciate that that is not familiar to most people. I appreciate that not everyone does that. But be that person. Be better. Hold the bar higher for you and more so hold the bar higher for everybody else. Let them rise up. I know I want to be around people that will come to me with conflict. I, it's when I feel closest to my friends when they're like, hey, I don't feel good about something we, that you said to me yesterday. We need to talk. And I'm like, of course, tell me. And I listen and I try to think if I can connect to that, that makes sense. And if not, I say, tell me more. I'm not sure I understand. How, you know. And then I try to think about, is that true? How can I work on that? I let them know I heard you. And if I am in agreement with this, I say to them, here's what I want to do to make it different. I'm sorry I said that. I, I, I would never want you to feel bad. I would never be want to be a part of having made you feel bad. And I actually don't believe... I don't believe about you what you heard me say and what I said. I think you misunderstood that. Can I explain to you what I wanted you to hear me say? And then I apologize for, you know, having made them feel bad. Here's what I had hoped you had felt and here's what I had wanted to have said. And I care about you and always come and tell me if I've let you down again in the future. Like it can be like that, but we have to bring softness and we're not defensive and we're willing to to look at ourselves. 
um, every relationship is co-created. So we're always inputting things into that system and we want to be aware of what it is because remember when we form relationships with people, we are responsible for how we impact them and they're in our care. They're in our care. We impact them on so many levels. We take that seriously. We take responsibility for that. We learn our friends' owner's manuals. We learn our primary partner's owner's manuals. We want to understand what they need from us. We don't want to make people's lives worse or harder because we're brought in them. Things are hard enough. I say that on many, many, many shows, and I'll say it many, many, many times again. A, I love repetition. I think it's how we build and get familiar and then are able to retrieve, but also because these are really um, important cornerstones of relationality and mental health. So I throw all that in there. Um, I think if nothing else at all, that's all I want people to do differently and take from just tonight's show or in general is take seriously the way you impact others. That's it. Mental health would be so much more improved if we focused more on care and compassion for those around us. That's why we're moving towards like harm reduction with people that have problematic drug, you know, drug and alcohol issue. We're trying to move away from criminalizing drug use and addiction. We are trying to do prison abolition and actually get people rehabilitation. I mean, we're trying to do all these different things that are rooted in care, universal health care, so everyone can, you know, get the health care they need. Everyone has a right to that. We're working on guaranteed housing, getting rid of loans. All sorts of important stuff because apparently, you know, earn a living. <laughs> You're not, we're not worthy of just getting a living or a life. You have to earn it, which is gross. It's capitalism at its worst. Everyone should be given a life because they're human and they're worth that. Um, but we're working there, you know, we're working on it. Uh, okay. Other signs um, that relationships are possibly heading towards doom. You know, I talked about this earlier as deal breakers is if someone is abusive physically or verbally or emotionally, relationship just ended um, until a lot of work is done and healing. And also undealt with drug and alcohol and mental health issues. Yeah, if you're in a relationship with someone, you impact them. And um, you should just for your own self, but if not for you, for others, get uh, your relationship to drugs and alcohol and your mental health fixed. Get into some therapy. Do some self-work. You know, maybe medication management, uh, what you need to do to change a relationship that was problematic with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. That's how you show this partner. Like I care about you. I care about us. I care about myself and I'm addressing this element that doesn't let me be a partner because if you have, you're struggling with your mental health or drug and alcohol and you're not getting care and working on it, well then, um, yeah, you're negatively impacting yourself and your partner. You're not available to them. At least do the work. That's all I ask. It's mere presence. Doesn't mean you're not dateable. It's when you're not willing to work on it because we want people that are workable, whatever it is. This is just one of the many things. So addiction is one of those things, if it's not being dealt with that are assigned, your relationship is not gonna be doing good. It's maybe head towards doom. We'll talk more about those other points are coming up next, so stick around. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, we'll be back. Oh, Rachel, we are back. We're talking about uh, things there are really signs, uh, red flags, you know, kind of things that are indicating a relationship might be headed towards, you know, doom, as this one article was saying. But more importantly, these are kind of things that we want to work on and be aware of and have a heads up. And this applies to all the different relationships we can be a part of. We talk about unrealistic expectations. Um, you know, where do they come from? Usually they're just preferences, but we frame them as right or wrong. Also not being workable, meaning digging your heels in and not letting your partner ever share with you the work that needs to be done, making it unsafe, um, avoiding conflict, which is not a good sign. It's a sign that someone is abandoning themselves, over-idealizing, romanticizing, uh, not self-defining. And conflict helps us understand the health of our relationship based on like how we deal with it. So that's important to know. Also, we were talking about things like addiction and mental health. Those are things that should be being worked on if there's an issue within that. Um, if a partner brings that up or you have your own concerns, address that, deal with it. 
then we kind of move into um, some other realms, one of them being the sexual stuff. Um, it's always about that workability. That's the word I keep throwing at you, that, that willingness to kind of do what we can do and see what can be done. And we push on our edges and we're willing to go into our discomfort in service of, you know, what our partner might need from us. And being interested in things sexually that are different from each other or different sexual desire levels, how often, what kind of sex you want, where you want it, how you want it. Um, God bless you if you're in a synchronized relationship with someone where, you know, you're all just on the same page. But for a lot of people, they're humans. And so one person's all about it at night, the other person's all about in the morning one person with the lights on that person with the lights off one person you know once a month the other person every day so that's going to happen and no one's right i want to remind everyone no one's right no one's wrong it's not like oh the person that wants sex is right and that's our goal or the person that doesn't is is correct and that's our goal it's like our goal is for both of you to have a mutually beneficial solution because if the solution isn't mutually beneficial then we haven't landed on the right solution yet we got to keep working through this and that's something that takes time to work at um, I want to know why y'all feel the way you feel about your sexuality. Um, cause again, what we say our sexuality is, is usually rooted in just what we're familiar with. You know, what makes us not anxious, our body esteem is in there, all sorts of stuff. And so it's like, it's not always the most healthy or the honest thing that you're even saying. That's just based on that. So we want to push on our edges. We want to try to move towards, you know, what our partner's requesting to some extent, there has to be a flexibility. So again, it goes back to that other point, how you deal with conflict matters. So how you deal with this difficult time matters. Don't panic. This is normal. All couples will find themselves here to some extent. But again, what matters is not just hammering it out and figuring it out, but also how you go about doing that. The process matters more than the content because how this process goes will determine whether or not we feel safe and secure coming back to you with another issue or that went so rough or never stepping into something like that again. So the process and way you go about it matters as much as just figuring it out because the answer isn't just get to it. And again, asking yourselves, why am I stopping where I'm stopping? Why am I not willing to give my partner that? Is it a lack of love, a lack of care? Is the chemistry gone? Like really assessing that. Like what is that about that block, that wall? Um, and why are you unwilling? And, 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 you know, that's when we get into a lot of different sex therapy tips and tricks and we're, we're not so much going to get into that, but, um, this is, this is about you showing your partner how much you care about them, not necessarily what you do, but your willingness to at least talk and figure something out. So take it seriously and, and don't ever just downplay sex. Especially if you're in, as I always say, a monogamous relationship, then your partner's limits are your limits, your limits are their limits. And we can't ask for monogamy saying only have sex with me, but then I'm not going to have sex with you and I'm going to force you into celibacy. That's not okay or fair. So your partner has a right to make an issue of that. You can't ask me to only have sex with you as a partner, but then you're never interested or available. We need to talk about how we can make sex feel comfortable for both of us, whatever that might mean. Um, so just I call that on the front end before you choose and say, okay, to monogamy, make sure that you're interested and willing to be having sex with this person. <laughs> you're their sexual outlet. So if there's something you're unsure about, don't say yes. Say, I need more time. I don't know. We need to, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> bring it up and talk it out. Um, another one is just a lack of love. What do I mean by that? I mean, um, care. I mean, gratitude. I mean, affection. I mean, romance. Um, that can be for a lot of people a sign that something's wrong, something's off, or we're headed towards something bad, a breakup, misery, because some people just stick it out. So you're just talking about a miserable future and a lack of romance can be a sign that something's different if it had been there. So assuming it had been there and that that was a part of the courtship stage, a courtship stage that they use to kind of get a relationship with you, 
ask yourself first and foremost, before we look at our partner, what might I be doing that's making them not want to romance me? What might I be doing that's making them not feel loving or warm towards me? Have I been acting as a partner who they should want to do that with and for? <laughs> no? Okay, we'll work on that. <laughs> before you go to them and say, I, I miss that being there. Can we talk about how to bring romance back? Or can we talk about where it's gone? Again, we're not attacking. Nothing wrong has happened. You can't go to your partner. I'm mad. I can't believe you're not romancing me. No, you'd prefer that they did. It's a preference issue. No one did anything bad or wrong. They don't have to. And so you have to go to them softly and say, hey, like, can we talk about it? I miss romance. Why isn't it there anymore? And, and you begin that conversation. Um, letting them know that it's absence is something you've noticed and you value it and how can we together figure out how to get us back to that place? It's a collaborative thing. And that's why again, I move away from thinking about it as right or wrong, good or bad, whose fault is it? Nope. It's a topic. And I'm, and my preference is that romance comes back and, and I prefer it. And we're going to talk about how we got where we are. But again, if you do what I share that you should do, which is every couple months, if not every year, just sit down and say, how's this relationship been going? What are some things we need to do more of or less of? How do you feel I am as a partner? If you do those check-ins, then we don't ever get that far along where it's such, has such a negative, severe impact. Those check-ins, check-ins are so important because things don't get too far along. Resentment doesn't get to build. Um, we practice just kind of really addressing things head on when they're happening. Cause that's the goal. That's when I go back to that whole idea again of conflict being a good thing. And we practice that every step of the way. Again, also recognizing we let some things go. Cause we're not trying to go to perfect. We're not trying to make it perfect. We're not trying to solve everything. Not everything needs to be fixed. We can't bring up everything that's exhausting. That burns us out. Things that are meaningful. Like the things we're talking about. All right, we're going to back talk more about that. And then we'll be doing some DMs. If you got a question, topic, put it in the DMs on our Love Lana G page and past episodes of the show is always over at wearechannelq.com. Stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all, we are back. And we're just talking about uh, signs that the relationship is in trouble, needs some change or fixing. These aren't things to make anyone panic. This is just signs that you should really have a conversation with yourself and your partner. Again, that framework is what we're going for. The ability to always talk about things, um, being open to being approached. So approachability is important. Uh, being willing to be vulnerable and transparent, let someone know how you're feeling about them or their relationship. Conflict is okay. It's how we manage it and how we manage it determines whether or not we're even going to be willing to try this again. So work on letting it go. Well, I always say come in at a zero. We don't want to come in hot. How we come in already for elevated, there's only higher to go. Coming at a zero, keep tabs on yourself. Do that by watching your partner. Our partners will reflect back how well this is going. And if they start to look as though we are scaring them, we're making them anxious, we've elevated because we're aware and we're watching them. We say, I'm going to stop. I don't like the way I'm starting to feel or talk to you. So you're tracking yourself. You stay on task and you keep it right-sized. So signs that things aren't going well. That's the conflict piece. Um, not being willing to deal with issues, digging your heels into not being flexible and workable and willing to work on those things. Um, we were talking about the loss of affection and romance and the ability to, to discuss the importance of that. No one's right. No one's wrong. No one's bad. It's just your preference would be that it's, you know, brought back. I say it like that as a reminder because we often are upset about something. And so that means something's wrong, which means they're wrong, which means we're mad at them and then off we're going. <laughs> and that's not the chain of events. Another one is um, that you've just gone silent. A lack of communication, a silence is part of that thing we were talking about a while back called invisible divorce, where we're together structurally on paper, but uh, that relationship has ended a long time ago. Communication is important. 
It's also a sign that we care. The avoidance of conflict, not communicating more, might mean, again, we're not even here anymore. We're here physically, we're not here emotionally or psychologically. Not good. Sit down calmly and talk about how you got there, how you can get out of that. That's important. Um, tied to that is also just kind of not caring anymore. And what I mean by that is just letting your partner get away with anything. Doesn't matter. You don't care when they get home. You don't care what they're doing. Like you just, you stopped caring. Um, again, another sign you've left the relationship. Patterns change, you know, we're not talking as much. We're not spending time as much. We're not planning things together anymore. We're not including each other in our lives. We're starting to do things more so separate that we used to do together. There's a healthy version of that where someone realized I want to have more time with friends and family. That's awesome. But there's then the darker side, which is they just don't really seem to, or they, as though I'm talking to y'all. So I'll say one of you, both of you don't really want to spend time or enjoy time with each other anymore. So again, remember it's, it's the shift in communication. It's the longer silences. It's the lack of planning. It's the lack of care about time together. It's the moving away, um, not bringing each other into each other's lives and sharing what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. And we're not pointing the finger. We're going to start working on that change ourselves first by maybe asking more questions, being more present, being more approachable, trying to approach them, trying to start to do more romantic things, um, starting to try to flirt more, starting to try to bring back in more affection and sex. I mean, those could be some easy solutions because sometimes it doesn't, it's not all born out of something being wrong as much as we just stopped doing the work. Where other times it might be a sign of something being wrong and you need to be able to get to that conversation. But either way, you can start to try to move back towards what it is you wanted. As always, staying in the stages of courtship, staying in the cycle, still attracting, still romancing, still creating time together, always staying in the courtship cycle as opposed to just using it to get someone. And once you've gotten them, stepping outside of that, always staying in there, always going through the cycle. Very, very, very important stuff. And another extension of some of this can be um, a lot of jealousy. Reasonable jealousy because maybe, yeah, your partner's spending more time with others and drifting away from you and they have what you wish you had. And instead of acting out that jealousy, you soften and say, can we talk about this? I feel bad. I wish I was a part of your life in the way other people are. And that helps your partner from not feeling defensive and maybe softly sharing with you how that came to be. Or it's the other, which is you're not worthy of trust and you know things are broken and you're not really sure what they're doing because you're left out and they're silenced. You don't know who they're with or where they are. And jealousy is born out of that. And you might be really picking up on something. So again, it's like use that jealousy, not as something to be angry about because whatever they're doing is bad or wrong, but more as a signal that something's off and you need to soften and approach them and talk and say, what's the state of our relationship right now? Are you happy with me as a partner? Are you happy with the relationship? What do you think? What do we need from each other? What's going well that we need more of? What's not going well that we need to like lessen or get rid of or eliminate? Not everything is changeable, but we want to try to change what we can. And we can't do that if we're not brought into that conversation and no one makes the issue known. That's silence again. So again, to bring these issue up, issues up is a sign of care for the relationship and the person. And we have to kind of approach it that way with our languaging, our posturing, our word choice. Um, all right, coming up next, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a question for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveland G page. Always anonymous. Always confidential. Someone else is wondering what you're wondering, so you're helping them as you're helping yourself. Any topic you want us to circle back, drop deeper into. Again, that also goes in the DMs on our Loveline IG page and past episodes of the show. Always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because it's all about that repetition, unlearning, and then relearning. So 
More to come. Stick around, y'all, for those DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. Don't go anywhere, y'all, because we'll be right back. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, what is demisexuality? I'm having a hard time understanding what it is. I met this woman who said that's how she identifies. Tried looking it up, but the only things I can find basically says she needs to know someone before hooking up. So basically at this point in time, in a really beautiful way, we have different labels to help understand all the different ways that people move through the world in terms of sexuality, gender, relational structures. Um, some people over-identify with certain things. Sometimes they are just co-created. Sometimes they're born out of a trauma and where someone currently is at. So for instance, someone might at times with some people be able to, uh, have sexuality right off the bat, but then with other partners, they need to take more time to get to know them and build something non-sexual before sexuality feels comfortable for them. In theory, demisexuality is the idea that someone needs to build time, safety, investment and intimacy with someone on non-sexual levels before their sexuality comes online and kicks in. Uh, these are these are loose metaphors. These are loose frameworks. Don't overly, you know, take them, don't take them literally, but you can take them a little seriously, but they can ebb and flow and change. We can develop out of them. We can develop into them. They could be based on the specific person or events that just happened. So hold it loosely. But all that's to say is this person saying, I'd rather get to know you first before we jump into any sexuality. It's no deeper than that. It's not an obstacle. But that's how a lot of people are. And that again, that can ebb and flow. If you show up consistently, reliably, and build a lot of trust and safety, well, then this person might feel safer or more interested in sex sooner than later. Don't make it that deep. And there's always more qualities to it. We're all more than just this one thing. There's other factors and elements that are required in driving it. Um, but this helps people have language to explain themselves. It helps normalize. It helps people make them, you know, helps people feel as though there's nothing wrong with them. They can build community, but we want to hold them lightly. Um, because again, sometimes it's relationally created. Sometimes it's contextually created. Sometimes it's a result of a trauma and healing and different relationships, different people, different events. We will grow, as I said, out of it, deeper into it. 
it changes. I have that in my own life. There's times where I'm more sexual, less sexual. There's times where I'm more open to sex from the door. There's other times where it, it's more of a delayed response. That's life. We will all have sprinkle, sprinkled elements of this. I say that about all mental health. We are all narcissists. It's how narcissistic are you? We're all borderline. How borderline are you? We're all on that scale of depressive and anxiety-induced and obsessive. It's just some people have more... Um, more of it more often to a more chronic level and require more care. And some of us just have a little sprinkles of it at times. And that's part of this as well. You know, no one meets the full criteria of whatever normal even is. Who's this normal person that we're all trying to become? So don't be thrown off by that. Uh, thank that person for caring enough about you to disclose on a deeper level who they are and uh, enjoy getting to know them. But your your needs matter too. We don't ever have to center the other person. If you're someone who likes sex right away, it's okay if you say we might not be compatible because I'm someone who likes to enter with sexual intimacy and I like to get some I like to get someone to I like to get to know someone sexually first. You're allowed to advocate for that. You're not pushing on their boundaries, you're just defining yourself as well. And no one's needs and no one's feelings are more valid or more legitimate than anyone else's. Just like someone who might want monogamy, someone else is allowed to say, I don't do monogamy. So to be with me means I'm not comfortable doing that. And if they say, but I'm only comfortable doing that, then you two aren't compatible. <laughs> you know, just because we want to be with someone doesn't mean we can. Just because we want to be with someone doesn't mean we are compatible enough to pull off a long-term relationship or a monogamous relationship. So this person's saying sex won't happen for a while until I feel safe, and you get to decide if that works for you. Uh, for someone like me, it only works for so long because sex is an important level of, com of compatibility to be explored. And I want to know that sooner and later, sooner than later before I make an investment. And I like people that are very sexually comfortable, sexually accessible, sexually confident, sexually creative. And I want to know that before I put a lot of investment socially, emotionally, and psychologically. So for me, that doesn't tend to work because I don't want to attach on those levels and then, and then find out later we're not sexually compatible and then I have to exit or do that difficult work that I don't want to do again. So you have a right to say that. Unfortunately, that doesn't work for me. I want to know that that's, you know, that that's available. So you get to decide what you do with that. Questions come from the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Questions, topics, things you want us to hit, circle back to. Um, past episodes are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline and click on it. Binge, post re-listen because we got to do that training, got to practice, right? The quality of our lives and the quality of our mental health is tied to the uh, quality of our practice. But, you know, we'll be back tomorrow. So join us then. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. Drop the bar. We're doing 70% so we don't burn out, you know? All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. Be kind with yourselves, others as well. Enjoy the rest of your night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 